Hey, my friend, welcome along to the Medicinal Chef's Nutrition Nuggets podcast, helping you get clarity on nutrition. I'm Dale Pinnock, the Medicinal Chef, best-selling author, nutritionist, and creator of Nutrition Coaching Monthly. Every week here in the podcast, I'm going to be answering your questions and discussing key topics around the field of nutrition to help give you clarity and to expand your knowledge. Hey folks, how you doing? Hope everyone is well. Sorry that I didn't pop up last week. Had a few issues with my audio interface, as you do, which is now sorted. And here we are. So this week's session is about skeletal health. Now, I did a real deep dive into this with my Nutrition Coaching Monthly crew, but it's something I get asked about a great deal, whether it's in live events or you know questions via my website or whatever. It's something that people seem to want to know more about, and it's something that's often misrepresented a little in terms of the guidance that tends to be given in the press. So really, the first thing that we need to talk about and the first thing that everybody thinks of when it comes to the health of the skeleton and the health of the teeth is calcium. Like when you think skeletal health, you are if if you ask most members of the general public, what's the most important thing for a healthy skeleton, for healthy bones? They're gonna say calcium, because we've had it drummed into us for such a long time, particularly like you know, when industry got hold of this as well, and the dairy industry really, really kind of took hold of this message and ran with it, we had it drummed into us for such a long time that we have to get ad- adequate calcium every single day. If you don't get enough calcium, your bones are going to crumble. Well, kind of correct. What we need to remember is that calcium, believe it or not, when it comes to maintaining long-term skeletal health, is probably the least important nutrient. Now, I know that sounds like a bit of a weird statement, but let me tell you my justification for saying that, okay? I like to use the analogy of bricks on a building site when it comes to calcium. You imagine bricks on a building site. Yes, they are the structural material that everything is made from, but without builders and flooring specialists and carpenters and all these other people, nothing is going to be built. You're not going to build a house. Something has to take that structural material and then put it to use. And that is exactly the same scenario with calcium. It is the structural material, but on its own, it's completely innocuous. It's completely useless in terms of its relationship with the skeleton. It has many other roles to play, for example. It's involved in in cardiac muscle contraction, smooth and skeletal muscle contraction, um, cellular cross-membrane communication. So it's a very, very vital substance in the body, and it has many roles to play. But using purely the, the, the context of skeletal health, without other key elements, calcium is as good as useless. And that's an, that brings me on to a really, really important point. A lot of people, particularly, you know, in the 80s, 90s, and also in the noughties as well, I love that, the noughties, <laughs> um, were told to take calcium supplements to safeguard their skeletal health. Now, supplementing with calcium on its own without these other cofactors is going to lead to elevated serum calcium and in a minute you'll see like how that can how that can be regulated but if you haven't got these other key cofactors in place 
all these other key like associated nutrients in place. If calcium, serum calcium levels continues to rise, issues can begin to be triggered. Now, one of the big ones in the long term is kidney stones. If you're supplementing just with calcium without all these other associated nutrients and you're constantly pushing serum calcium concentrations up, that blood will be, of course, filtered by the kidneys. And in time, you can get kidney stone formation. And believe me, they're painful. Apparently, I've not had one, but you know, from the <laughs> patients that I've seen that have had kidney stones, it's not been a pleasant experience. Also, calcification in certain soft tissues as well can be a significant risk. And then also the quality of many calcium supplements. The, the typical ones that are on prescription would be calcium carbonate, which you or I would know as chalk. You're looking probably about an 8 to 10% absorption of that and the rest of it just coming out the other end. So supplement quality is going to be an issue as well, but we can talk about that at the end. So if I say that calcium is the least important part of the picture, one more ah, one more reason why I actually justify that statement is that calcium is an incredibly abundant mineral in the human diet. You don't have to eat loads and loads of dairy to get calcium at all. It's present in Green leafy vegetables, nuts, seeds, certain types of grains, tofu, fish. That It is very, very abundant in the diet. You would have to do something pretty bizarre and you would have to have quite a restrictive diet to not get anywhere near enough calcium. Me personally, I'm as good as 100% plant-based. I do eat fish now and again. But I have no concerns about my calcium whatsoever. Because I eat greens, I eat, I eat seeds, I eat nuts, I eat tofu, I eat all this good stuff. So there is enough calcium coming in. What we need to ensure if we want long-term skeletal health is that these other two important components are being addressed. And the next one is one of the biggest issues we have here in the UK. It is, of course, vitamin D. Okay, vitamin D is the most important part of the picture, in my personal opinion, for the simple reason that the role of vitamin D in relation, in this context at least, I mean, we actually know now that virtually every single cell line within the body has got a vitamin D receptor. So we know that it's involved in like immunity and certain neurological functions, that kind of stuff. All of that's irrelevant for this conversation. For this conversation, the primary role of vitamin D is to maintain serum concentrations of calcium. When we consume a meal that's rich in calcium or indeed we take a calcium supplement, serum concentrations of calcium arise. And as we spoke about before, there can be potential risks of an excessively high serum concentration of calcium. So the body regulates it very tightly. Vitamin D will take that excess calcium and we'll take it to the skeleton for storage. The skeleton is a giant calcium bank account, really. It is, um, I mean, of course, it gives the skeleton its rock-hard structure, but it also is a storage depot for calcium in the body as well. So the vitamin D will take the calcium from the serum to the skeleton. But then likewise, if we're not consuming enough calcium or if we have an issue where <clears throat> calcium requirements 
suddenly become much higher, whether it's that we have absorption issues, whether we have a restrictive diet, which you often see in the elderly because they, you know, their their dietary range is much more narrow, or whatever, and our demands for circulating calcium aren't being met, then vitamin D will, t- will help to transport it from the skeleton. You know, will actually activate the activity of osteoclasts, which are the cells that break down and remodel our bone, actually stimulate osteoclast activity to release some of that calcium so that it can raise serum calcium. When, you know, when, when serum calcium is high and the, the vitamin, T, vitamin D takes it from the serum to the skeleton, it will activate osteoblasts, which are the cells that build new bone. So there's this constant, like, sort of to and fro, and vitamin D is literally, like, the, the manager of the whole process, okay? Now... Vitamin D is probably the most deficient nutrient here in the UK and certainly in a lot of Europe. I mean, any of you guys that are listening in, you know, west coast of the United States or Australia, somewhere like that, you don't have a problem, you lucky (laughs) so-and-sos. But here in the UK, we do. Why is this? Well, firstly, the primary source of vitamin D for humans is the conversion of cholesterol into vitamin D precursors upon exposure to ultraviolet radiation, i.e. the sun. And we all know here in the UK, for most of the year, the sun is just a rumour. So that primary source, we really aren't getting a great deal of exposure to. And then also we've been told to slather ourselves with ridiculously high-dose SPF. And... um, that can sometimes play a part as well. Also, people with darker skins don't synthesize vitamin D as effectively. And also people that cover a great deal of their skin for religious reasons, like burkas, for example, will be at increased risk as well because there's not enough exposed skin to actually do that synthesis. And then the only food sources of vitamin D are full-fat dairy products. And, you know, with uh, for generations have been told to avoid those i mean heaven forbid we actually go near some saturated fat and oily fish which not that many of us eat although you know we're starting to eat more of it so in general the uk population and certainly the cooler parts of europe tend to be very very low in vitamin d so the vitamin d once we get it in it then actually has to go through even more conversion. So the stuff that we get either from exposure to the sun or from foods or supplements or whatever has to go through a process known as hydroxylation in order to become metabolically active. So the first of these steps, which happens in the liver, produces something called calcidiol or 25-hydroxyvitamin D. And then the next step is the formation of the metabolically active form calcitriol or 1,25-hydroxyvitamin D. Now, That is probably the most important factor in maintaining long-term skeletal health. Rickets is something that is starting to appear again. I mean, this used to be like an old Victorian affliction. It's where the skeleton isn't hard enough during growth cycles and... It's more... It's basically softer because there isn't enough mineralization of the bone. And... As the child is growing, the the increased weight bearing upon these ill-formed bones causes them to bow. And it also is starting to appear in adults where it's called osteomalacia. And that is directly related to vitamin D deficiency. 
in osteoporosis or people that are increased risk of osteoporosis. You could supplement with calcium all day. But if you haven't got sufficient vitamin D that is able to take that calcium into the skeleton and stimulate osteoblast activity to get that that kind of remodeling and remineralization going on, then you're not going to see any improvements in bone density. So vitamin D is the most important part of the picture. Then there is one more nutrient that we need to talk about that's essential, and that is phosphorus. Okay, it's the second most abundant mineral in the body, making up around about 25% of all mineral material in our bodies. And nearly all biochemical reactions that take place involve phosphorus somewhere. I mean, it regulates proteins, it's involved in energy production and, you know, things like phosphorylation, hormone signaling. It's pretty important. But what phosphorus will do in the, the, in the context of skeletal health is combine with calcium to form a, a, a crystal that gives the strength and structure to bones and teeth. So all of the phosphorus in the body, 80% of it is found in the bones. It's a crystalline substance called hydroxyapatite. So one of the interesting things is that we actually... Um, when we when when people are actually advised to take calcium supplements, which is common practice in you know women over fifty particularly, the doses that are often recommended will actually bind to phosphorus that's coming in through foods and reduce our ability to absorb it. So we get less of that important mineral that's involved in the hardening. So the take home is: if you are interested in or concerned with maintaining healthy bone density, looking after the health of the skeleton, and you want to reach for, for a supplement, you need to make sure that there's three things present. And to be honest, I would actually look at two separate supplements. In your combination supplement, you want calcium to be there, but you want it to be in a form that you can actually absorb well. So something like dicalcium malate, a calcium citrate, or even an amino acid chelate, you'll see calcium chelate, but dicalcium malate is probably the best absorbed of the bunch. You want to make sure that's in there. You want to make sure there's some vitamin D in there, but I also advise taking an additional vitamin D3 supplement alongside your combination. And I would say, you know, five to 10,000 international units, maybe a couple of times a day at least. And then also you want to make sure there's phosphorus in the supplement as well. Also some magnesium and boron would be helpful because they also play roles in the hardening of fresh mineral deposits on the skeleton. So it actually help to maintain the hardness of the bones. So there we go. The three most important nutrients for skeletal health. Now, this brings me on of course, to talk about Nutrition Coaching Monthly. Now, if nutrition is something that you're interested in, like I say, I did a deep dive session on this subject with my Nutrition Coaching Monthly members. We looked at all the processes of bone remodeling and maintenance and how nutrition influences different parts of that entire process. We looked at the anatomy, the physiology, the biochemistry. We put it across in a way that anyone could understand it and then broke all of that down into practical information that people could start to apply and to use. 
if that is something that interests you, if you are a practitioner that just wants to keep on top of your knowledge, if you are a personal trainer that wants to increase your nutritional knowledge, if you just want to learn more about this subject at a deep and meaningful level but don't want to go off and train to be a nutrition practitioner, then Nutrition Coaching Monthly is the place for you. Every single month, I go live, do an interactive class, different subjects every month, we cover all of those bases, the anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, all of that good stuff. Then look at how nutrition influences this whole thing. And it's just £12.50 a month. That is it. twelve fifty a month. I mean, people spend more than that on coffee. So head over to my website, themedicinalchef.co.uk. Look for online programs. There's a drop down there and you'll see Nutrition Coaching Monthly. Via that, you can, you know... Uh, see how it works there's some testimonials from some of our members and also there's a place where you can sign up for a free lesson so you can get an insight into how the whole platform works what it delivers the way that i teach all of that good stuff also if you have a question that you want me to answer here in the podcast then drop me an email it's just dale at the medicinal chef.co.uk so until next week my friends see you later